Welcome to Replant Boot Camp, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters. With your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart, here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Stick around to the end of the podcast for a special offer from 180 for Replant Boot Camp podcast listeners only. And we're actually both in the same room. Oh, yeah. In the beautiful little town of Jackson, Missouri. It's great to be here. We're in town for uh, the Replanter Assessment. Some metro associations uh, have got together and planned a Replanter Assessment a lot like the one you guys do in Jacksonville. Yeah, so I'm excited to get to be a part of it and part of planning it and thinking through how to do it. And and honestly, you guys are helping me on my doctoral research. Hey, that's good. This is all going to play into (laughs) my doctoral research as we do this. But I knew I was in Missouri when I got to the hotel and the lady at the front desk has four teeth. Oh, come on now. Have you, have you ever done the uh, Google Florida man or Google your birthday oh, yeah. in Florida? Oh, yeah. No, okay. I live there. I know, I know. I don't have to Google it. It's, <laughs> it's on the news every night. All right. Hey, but tonight tonight we do have to say and celebrate, at least I'm celebrating, the Cardinals beat the Braves 13-1. to 1, and, Yeah. And, uh, man, it was a spanking. That was significant. That was a, that's a big win. That's a punishment. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We watched that uh, eating at a restaurant called... Tractors. 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 That was the name of the restaurant. Incidentally, I didn't see a tractor anywhere nope. in that restaurant. <laughs> High, highest ranked restaurant on Yelp I in know. Jackson, Missouri. So if you think of... Uh, hopefully the folks in Jackson won't be listening to the podcast, but um, <laughs> if you think of like a Bonanza or a Ponderosa or a Ryan Steakhouse... <laughs> With table service. Yeah. With no tractors. Yeah. But it's called tractors. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Bob, um, happy Pastor Appreciation Month. Hey, thank you. I want you to know that I appreciate you, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you too. You know, because nobody else may tell you that this month. You know what? <laughs> there were, uh, I think when, um, when I became a replant pastor in those first, I would say, Four years. I was not appreciated, and I probably didn't appreciate the people. (laughs) What's the What's the best pastor appreciation gift you've ever been given? I I think gift cards. You know, the the gift cards, and then there was a note inside, and this was probably two years ago, and it said, "Do not spend this on anything other than like a date night with your spouse." And here's something that was really big. They gave gift cards to my daughter. You know, we have three kids. My son yeah. was long gone when we started replanting the church. Actually, he moved in with us, and that's another story we'll yeah. have to tell at some point in time. I only had one in the house at the time, and then uh, two years ago, they gave her a gift card. And, and that meant, like, that was huge for her. Yeah, yeah. So I would say even more than the gift card I got was the fact that they remembered her yep. and thanked her for the sacrifices that she yeah. had made. So that was huge. I am a, I'm a words of affirmation guy. Yeah. And... I got a letter recently from a 94-year-old church member Mm. that is sweet and wonderful, original church member there before me. One of the things she wrote in there, everyone that left this church does not realize what they've lost. Wow. I wish they could hear my pastor preach right now. Wow. That just meant the world. Some of those people, a lot of those people were her friends. Mm -hmm. I think we shouldn't underestimate uh, the facts. And we were talking about appreciation. I absolutely appreciate Dottie for sticking around. Yeah. And when all her entire Sunday school class left. Yeah. But she stuck it out and she would say, she would say in the members meetings, I'm not sure why God has me here. But she said, I'm sticking around to see what he's going to do. 
Huge. Yeah. So with Pastor Appreciation Bunch, we've got a good question. We've had a couple questions come in, and so we're going to merge a few of them together. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but there's one statement and a question we got in the email I wanted to read. I just liked the way this guy worded this. He's not a pastor. Um, he's a layman that through his email he conveyed that he just loves seeing churches revitalized and dying churches replanted. And so he listens to our podcast and some others that he mentioned, and uh, that all are not as good as ours. And <laughs> and uh, we're ascending. We, we're starting. Starting high and moving, moving quick. That's good. But he said, uh, he said, I would love to hear how laymen can help be a part of the encouragement to pastors and mm. the success for replant. Yeah. So we kind of looked at this and we that and some other questions we've gotten to conversations we've had with others and thought, yeah. how can lay people inside a replant or even even those outside of a replant be of encouragement to this to a replanter and their family. So Pastor Appreciation Month is a good way to launch that off. But really, kind of, they're, they're talking 12 months a year. Yeah. How do we do this? We we see that it's hard work. We're watching and we're seeing. I mean, this is difficult work. So what is the best way as lay people that we can we can help and we can serve? I think in the in the early days of a replant, specifically the folks before some of the the folks leave. They, they think they're helping by doing certain things that are yes. not very helpful. Yes. So one of them that I can think of is downloading everything that they do not like about the church to you in your office right before you have to go preach. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, had, I had that happen. And uh, actually, is uh, one of my longtime members who's still there. I, I think I might have said this before in a podcast previous. I was like, hey, um, if... If you can wait till Monday or next week, not on Sunday, I'll come to your house and sit with you. And yeah. you can tell me everything you don't yeah. like, but just don't do it right before I have to go preach. Yeah, don't beat me up right before I <laughs> walk in the pulpit, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen a handful of times. My mm-hmm. favorite was not even a criticism as much as it was a, a panicked lady telling me there was no toilet paper in the ladies' bathroom. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, as, yep. as I'm walk, like I'm walking up to the pulpit. Yeah. My favorite criticism I got on a Sunday morning was Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. So we do Sunday morning groups. I know not every church does. We do. We have some Sunday morning groups, and we had, we had said, hey, it's Christmas morning. We're not going to do Sunday morning group. We're still going to have church. We're going to have service, but we're, we're going to let you have that morning time with your family, and we're not going to do groups. And so this senior adult lady comes. She hands me a Christmas gift, and she goes, Merry Christmas, even though I'm ashamed of you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just just deadpan, and I go. That is hilarious. I, I, so I started laughing because I oh, thought no. she was joking. Oh, she wasn't. Like she said, it's so serious that it felt like she had to be joking, and so I I chuckle, but she doesn't chuckle. Oh no! And I was like, oh no, um, why, uh, why, why are you ashamed? I'm. Please help me understand. She goes, you can't spare one hour to celebrate the Lord on His birthday. <laughs> I said, oh, you're talking about us not having groups. She goes, yes, it's disgraceful. I said, listen, I I am so sorry. I hate that that was offensive to you. You know, I give her all my reasons, and and she just huffs off, right? And and as I'm walking up on stage, that same lady is in the very back with her arms flailing, just just trying to get my attention as as hard as she can. And it wasn't she wasn't praising and worshiping. She was signaling. She was signaling for attention. (laughs) And I'm I'm a little nervous about what's gonna happen. And so I whisper in my wife's ear, go talk to this lady and just see what she needs. And sure enough, as soon as somebody says amen, I hear Jambo! Pastor Jambo! 
This is not your wife. It's the lady. No, this is the lady okay. yelling from the back of the sanctuary. Uh-huh. And I mean, just waving her arms like crazy. And so, I, I mean, I have no choice. I, I have to, I got to respond. Yeah. And yes. How can I help you? Can we sing happy birthday to Jesus? Okay. No. <laughs> you said no. I said no. Wow. I was just so taken off. I can't sing. I can't. I can't carry a. T- I cannot finish Happy Birthday. I can't okay. sing a tune. Okay. And my wife had already left the stage, and so I just said, "I'm gonna start my sermon. Maybe we'll do it later." I literally. That's what I said. I just thought, I don't even know how to recover from this. So I, I said, "We're gonna pray again." She was ashamed of you again. Yeah, she probably was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so then my wife came up afterwards and she led us in happy birthday to Jesus. You know, I think one of the, the, the most challenging things in replant sometimes is stuff like that that happens. So we, I've been on staff at a big church before, right? Everything's scripted and orchestrated. And, you know, if the tech guy doesn't get the PowerPoint right, he gets fired, you know, the yeah. next day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been in that church. And, and it's some of the wildest things happen in a normative size replant. So one more thing, it's not a, uh, an appreciation move before we get into things that are, is telling the replanter's wife what they don't like about the replanter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, give, let me give the spouse of the replanter a bit of information, a kind of a negative, uh, something I'm mad about or something right. I don't like. Right. Is not helpful. And no. My wife, uh, early on in our replant, I guess, when, you know, one of the things that was true about our dysfunctional church is that we talked about each other, but not to each other. And so it's just kind of a natural extension of that. That if you're upset about something the pastor's doing, we'll tell the pastor's wife. Cause, yeah. Because the pastor's wife's probably going to pass that along to the pastor and tell him not right. to do it again because she's the boss of the house and you know, whatever. Right, and right. So, so we had that. My wife is just so gracious and so godly. And she just said, you know what? I think that if you have something that you're upset about, you can speak directly with him. I don't give him messages. So yeah. Um, so I appreciated my wife's response. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't appreciate the fact that somebody no did that to my wife. But anyway. Yeah, I, I tell you one that has uh, been one that's been a constant frustration for us. Where I think I, again, I think they I think they think they're helping, but we call them spontaneous job performance reviews. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> where you're having dinner, you're having coffee, or they come over. I mean, even at our own house, we've invited people over to our house, okay. and you know, and you know, I, we have one in particular that stood out. I mean, four hours. We're just we we love people. We're yeah. extroverts. We could talk for hours and sitting there having a great time for four hours, and then like, in a in a second, you felt the like the temperature change, and like you knew oh, we're about to get sucker punched. Like oh. here it comes, and sure enough, like I mean, after like four hours, just having like a blast, we just get like just whammied, and it's been a lot of like where you know we go out to eat or we go over to their house, and things are fine, and all of a sudden like the subject just changes, and it's hey, here's some things we think need to change about the church. Mm. And so what I always try to communicate is it's not that it's not that you can't bring those things. I yeah, you need to be able to bring those things to me. But man, there was a season where me and my wife just didn't feel like we were safe going to dinner with anybody. Yeah, you you withdraw. You don't want to hang out with people. Yeah. I get that. There's a season that we went through that we just we felt every conversation was a potential landmine for us. Right. It it caused us to pull away from people. Yeah. That I'm supposed to pastor and love, and that's such a such a difficult thing. Well, why don't we turn the corner and right. uh, talk about some some things that are uh, good? And, and let me start off and share one. Um, one of the things I, I I think was really helpful for us is we developed a prayer team just to really share things with. When we shared things with them, they were these these were folks that were outside of the church. And one of the things we just appreciated was having a group of people who we could say anything to. 
Yep. They prayed for us. They would check in on us. They would ask us about things. Sometimes they we, we hadn't given them a, anything to pray about, and they would just email us and say, hey, how can we be praying for you guys? That was so, so important to us. And one of the, the critical timing pieces of that was that team was really active during a season where there was a lot of conflict in the church mm. and a lot of turmoil. And yeah. so I so appreciated having some folks that I could just be honest with and, and say, could you pray, send a text, an email, yep. or even a phone call, just to say, man, we, we need some prayer about this matter. We've got some people that I can text at any moment, and they don't require a whole lot of detail or anything. I can just say, I'll just text, hey, I'm walking into a tough meeting, mm-hmm. and I just, I just need some prayer here. It's been so huge to have have some things like that. Here's one of the things I've, I've tried to tell people. If, if you're praying for your pastor, let him know. Right, it's it's wonderful to pray for him, and and that's where the power is. But there's just something encouraging about you just telling him. Mm-hmm. I think too, we all as preachers, pastors, we we want to hear hey, good sermon. But one of the the best things you can do, and and some of our people do this. I've got I got my brother Jerry, and he's from Mississippi. Went to Mississippi State, he's bulldog, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Um, deep Southern accent. But one of the things he'll say occasionally to me is he'll pick something out of the sermon that really spoke to him or that was something he didn't know before. He'll share that and say, when you said this, like, man, that was really big for me. And here's why. And I'm so appreciative of that because, you know, we we put in hours to to prepare. We pray through it. We think through it. Yeah. And sometimes a good job is just kind of like, hey, how you doing? You know, fine kind of a thing. But when somebody gives a specific point of feedback, it means the world. Yeah, I wrote a Facebook post recently because with my job with the JBA, I just like in like two days, I had three conversations with three different pastors that were just getting beat up left and right in a lot of different ways. And I, it just it broke my heart for them. And I remember seasons like that. I, I praise God I'm not in a season right that right now, at least at the time of the recording of this podcast. By the time it goes live, things could change. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I said in, in that Facebook post that I put out was just that one of the most significant things you can do for your pastor is tell him how his ministry has helped you grow in the Lord. Yeah. Because if, if he's a good pastor, and by good, I don't mean skilled. I mean, like, he has a right view of what it means to be a pastor, that he's not trying to build numbers or a resume or climb a ladder, but he just genuinely wants to serve the Lord and the church. Then there's there's no greater gift than telling him specifically I have grown in my faith because of your ministry, and here's how. Yeah. We're going to talk about some other things you can do, but to me at least, there's nothing more significant than a like that specific feedback. It's not generic, and that means that means the world to me as a pastor. One of the things that I've experienced in that regard is is delayed communication on a subject like that. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I was in student ministry for. Uh, ten years, a little oh, over ten yeah. years, and um, student ministry is such a long term investment. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do not get short term returns. Yeah, it very is, often it's long term in the sense of, and I, I would say this: if, if for every lock in that you do, it takes <laughs> a year off of your life. So, um, my expiration date is next week. Um, there, this is this has been true a couple times. I've gotten a Facebook message, yeah, or a note, or something from a college kid or a middle yep. school or high school. Yep. And they have said something very specific that I had forgotten. And now they're like in seminary or yeah. they're one of them's a missionary in Spain. And I'm yeah. just like, you've got to be kidding me. Cause I was thinking about their level of maturity and the things that they were involved in when they were in my student yeah. ministry. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Oh yeah. So, so there's some stuff that'll, 
yeah. it, it'll has to marinate for a long time. And I think that's even true of folks uh, who are adults over time. Hopefully right. as adults, we get more tuned in and more intentional about our encouragement. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things I think is, is helpful and uh, pastors can really benefit from this and they appreciate this is if you... And I tried, I tried to talk to, to our folks about this all the time. If you arrive early, if you greet guests, yep. and if you serve in hospitality ministry roles with great joy and yep. enthusiasm. You know, we we have some people or, you know, some people that, that there's, do you know there's like a day for everything? There's oh, like, yeah. Uh, there's a son's day and a daughter's day and a, a brother's day oh, yeah. and a mechanics day you know, yeah it's <laughs> all kinds of yeah. things. sometimes Ta- taco day ta- hey i am about talk to taco tuesday <laughs> i'm about that um it's great that we take a month in october to kind of be intentional about it but there are some regular day in day out week in week out actions yep. that every single pastor absolutely feels appreciated one of those is like me show up on time yep talk to the guests if you're in a hospitality role, serve with enthusiasm and joy. Yeah. It just there, there's nothing that makes me feel more appreciated, and also make me feel more like we're on mission together. Yeah. Than when when some of our folks do those things. When I see discipleship, evangelism, ministry, missions, good hospitality, any of those things happen, and I can't trace it back to me initiating it, mm-hmm. it brings me so much joy. Uh, though that that man that fires me up as a pastor when I see things like that. Absolutely. There's one I, I want to share. There's there's always a group of folks that that if you've been in ministry long enough that if you've served in a couple different places you have connections and relationships that kind of last. They stand the test of time. You know, lifelong friends. Yeah. And so we've got some friends uh, who uh, every other year or so they'll just say, Hey, we're going down to the Gulf Coast. We're going to go down and get a uh, house on the beach, and we'd love for you guys to come spend a week with us. Yeah. And so one of the ways they appreciate me in ministry is kind of that relationship developed when we were in the same church. Yep. But it's carried over with, say, with where they just say, hey, yep. we would love to bless you and your family yep. Yep. with a, a week uh, in a beach house uh, with us on the beach. And they're the kind of friends that are, are life-giving. Yep energizing friends, not the kind of friends that you feel like you have to work at the relationship with. Yeah. And so there might be some people that are listening out there that, that are thinking about how do I encourage my, my friend from college or my, yeah. uh, this guy I know who was in the church that I served in. Well, I mean, take a replanner on vacation. Yeah. A lot of times they're bivocational, they're raising funds. Yep. So there's some things that they couldn't do on yeah. their own. And if you could, if you can give them those opportunities, it's so refreshing and, yeah. and awesome. And so one thing is, that's one of the ways I think we felt most appreciated by people in our past ministry settings yeah. is when things like that have happened. Yeah. Yeah, we've got some sweet people from churches we've been at before that have blessed us with so many things like that. And then even in our church, we, I remember one of, the, one of me and my wife's favorite weeks was a church member asked me to officiate the wedding of their son in the mountains. Um, and so they got a rental car for me and my whole family, paid for all of our food the whole time we were there, put us up in a nice cabin in the mountains nice. for a week. Uh, took a, We got to go zip lining and right. like, I mean, it was a vacation that had a wedding in it. Uh, and, uh, and, and it, but it was like, but the wedding was so low key. I mean, it felt like we were just like, oh yeah, let's go out in the backyard of the cabin and do a wedding real quick. Yeah. And then, you know, then the newlyweds left and, and we just stayed around for a few more days in the mountains and, and had a great time. We felt so loved and cared for and appreciated. Yeah. One of the things I think uh, to, to turn the corner just a touch is... Sometimes as pastors, especially replanters, it's hard for us to appreciate our people and our congregation. 
And one of the things I think that is is helpful to do, uh, and and try to do this in a in a, bid, in a benediction time uh, on a fairly regular basis, is just to tell the people, hey, I love you guys, and I love being your pastor. Yeah. And uh, especially, uh, it's important when when you're with some folks that are in a crisis. And what I found is we we had a couple that came to us, and they were dealing with some family issues, extended family issues, and. We just open our home. Like I have a, I have a back deck and sports deck. We should do a podcast on the sports deck yes. in the back of my I've house. I've seen pictures of it on, it is, on, yeah, on the Facebooks. Your Facebook friend me and search through my pictures and you can see yeah. the sports deck. TV back there, cafe lights, a lot of fun. Um, but that's a great place to do ministry. So people will call and they say, hey, I need to talk about family situation or I've got a, a job thing. or So we just open up our home. They come over and we sit back there with them. And one of the things I, I want to say to them, because invariably they'll say something like, man, I'm sorry to interrupt your evening. Thank you for taking time, blah, blah, blah. And I'll just say sim- something simply like this. Hey, the, I'm a pastor. I'm your pastor. And I just appreciate you inviting me in to think about this and think about what God would want for you yeah. in this situation. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you for that privilege. This is exactly why I do what I do. And so as much as we can model expressing appreciation for our people and letting them know that they're not a bother to us or an interruption, that they're a blessing to us and that they're giving, they're giving me as a pastor an opportunity to exercise the call that God's given me. Yeah. You know, I love the way that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write Galatians 6. And when we bear one another's burdens, we therefore fulfill the law of Christ. Mm-hmm. Man, I remember reading that and just being blown away by, man, when we when we come alongside as believers and bear burdens with one another, we're fulfilling the law of Christ. That's That's what the body does. And so when we have an opportunity as a pastor to do that, when, when I'm negotiating copier leases or, uh, or <laughs> yes. you know, or things like that, I don't feel like a pastor, right? I, I feel I, I feel like a small business manager. Yeah. But when I get to when I get to be in someone's life and help help bear that burden and and minister to them through the Word of God and not just from the pulpit, but like across the kitchen table mm-hmm. uh, in the living room or at a coffee shop, I feel like man, I've I've done my job today. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's a great feeling. Well, so we should probably end the podcast yep. by saying, what if your congregation expresses no appreciation for you as a replanter? A couple things I would think of is, is one, they may not know it's Pastor Appreciation Month. Yep. Because not everybody listens to focus on the family. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no matter how well you're appreciated in Pastor Appreciation Month, I mean, you got to find that contentment in the Lord. I know that's yeah. such a Sunday school answer. No, no, but you're right. Because I think the the if you're a replanter for those guys that are right in it, the first yeah. first years, would you know, first three years, they're probably not appreciating you. No. Because of the changes you're bringing. Yeah. Right. And you're probably not appreciating them because they're not liking the changes you're bringing. Yeah. And so there might be a season in the first several years where this whole idea of pastor appreciation is painful. And and so you just got to understand that maybe that'll come. For me, that was the true, true for me. Yeah. It's like, I just, you know, I'm, I'm about to start year seven in November or complete year seven. It wasn't until two years ago, really that anybody did anything for pastor appreciation. Yeah. So the first three years, I don't think anybody appreciated me yeah. um, because of the change I was bringing, and I probably didn't appreciate them. Then the next couple of years, people were so new, they had no clue, right? and they didn't know. And and so it wasn't until a couple, uh, the last couple of years that, that they've done that. Now, 
I don't know if they're going to do it this month or not, but I, I think the thing that you mentioned is like, where's your contentment? Yeah. And, and if we can just keep our eyes on the fact that our applause is not from men, yep. uh, our applause comes from Jesus. We're waiting to hear that well, well done, good and faithful servant. And we realize that our reward is not a gift card uh, right. to a chain restaurant, but our, our gift is, is to present somebody mature in Christ before Christ to say that we helped them take their next steps with Jesus to, to one, come to salvation, and then also to be faithful and obedient. I, yeah. I think that's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 he, starting in verse 10, he says, you know, this is the Jimbo paraphrase. But he goes, look, man, I'm glad that you guys have some concern. He sent some money my way. Uh, I'm grateful for that. But here's what I need you to know uh, is that whether I'm in need or not in need, I'm okay. And again, I love his phrasing. He says, I have found the secret to being content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That, that secret to contentment when you're not praised in Pastor Appreciation Month, is Christ. So if you are in a church that's being replanted and being revitalized and you're not the pastor, figure out how to love your pastor and encourage him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may be going through a harder time than you think. And maybe the most significant thing you could do is let him know that his ministry is leading to life change for you, that his ministry has made you fall more in love with Jesus. If you're not in a revitalization or replant, man, find a replant pastor and just take him to coffee every once in a while or, or out for a meal and just encourage him. Just pray for him. You'd be surprised sometimes how long a pastor goes without hearing a single encouraging word. So just an encouraging word might be what he needs to keep going. Absolutely. Well, look, I want to thank our sponsor, 180 Digital. Does your church need a new website or logo? 180 is the ministry partner you need to help move your church forward. They've been working with churches and businesses for over 10 years and have solutions for churches both big and small. They also offer support options to help you run your website. Go to 180digital.com to learn more. They have a special offer for just Replant Bootcamp listeners. 20% off any website or branding project. Just mention that you're a Replant Bootcamp podcast listener.